Hello and welcome to The Lone Ranger from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. horse with the speed of light, a cloud of dust, and a hearty high silver, the Lone Ranger. With his faithful Indian companion, Tonto, the daring and resourceful masked rider of the plains led the fight for law and order in the early western United States. Nowhere in the pages of history can one find a greater champion of justice. Return with us now to those thrilling days of yesteryear. From out of the past come the thundering hoof beats of a great horse, Silver. The Lone Ranger rides again. One, two, let's go, big fellow. Silver. The expansion of the Union Pacific across the country was a boon to cattlemen whose ranches were near the tracks. Ace Terrell had become one of the biggest ranchers in the county and an influential figure in civic affairs. He had spent a lively weekend in a nearby community, and it was good to relax in the cool shade on the wide veranda of his ranch house. He had been dozing for some time. Then a raucous voice came from somewhere in the rear of the house. Tarnation is going on back there. I'd better go see. As the rancher rounded the corner of the house, he saw a wiry little man giving vent to red-faced fury as he stamped the ground and shook his fist at a pair of tired, unconcerned horses hitched to a buckboard. I sure made a downright big mistake in calling you two limp-looking discards king and queen. Hey, they're strangers. Huh? 
Oh, howdy, mister. What are you doing here? What am I doing here? What in thunder do you think I'm doing here? I live here. Now you can answer the same question. I'm not here from choice, not by a jugful. I was hitting cross-country when these no-good critters moved sudden and snapped the traces. Mm, so I see. Dead right at all. After all these months of bad luck with the cards stacked against me, I draw a full house of good prospects, and the king and queen let me down. The king and queen? My horses. If you'd call such dog-eared critters horses. Well, I'll have one of my boys repair the traces. Uh, it won't help, mister. Leather's so rotted it won't hold. Well, I have some extra gear. I'll... I'll fix you up. But, mister, I got no ante to pay for new gear. That's all right. No, sirree, it's not all right. It'll never be said that Jack McGee took something for nothing, not by a jugful. Your name, McGee? Yep. Multiple McGee, they call me. On account of the way I always parlay my bets. Well, my name's Terrell. Glad to make your acquaintance, Mr. Terrell. What's your other name? Ace. No. You don't say so. Well, if that don't beat a royal flush, your name is Ace, the top card in any man's game. You play poker? Yeah, just finished a two-day session in town. Lucky? Well, now, Ace, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. <laughs> yeah? You say you got some extra traces, which I need. I'll put my team against your traces and play your one-hand showdown. I get the traces or you get the team. <laughs> oh, you should own that team. Then it'd be ace, king, queen. Oh, but I don't want to take your horses. It just happens I got a pack of cards right here in my vest pocket. Uh-huh. And I got a few packs in the house. If you're determined to play a hand of showdown, we'll go inside and use a fresh deck, huh? Well, all right. But if you're going to furnish the cards, I get the deal. Well, that won't help you none. Backs of my cards all look alike. As soon as Jack McGee picked up the cards, Ace Terrell realized he was up against an expert, but it didn't matter. The rancher was perfectly willing to lose the hand of showdown and give McGee the needed traces for his buckboard. He sat with a somewhat detached air, amused by the newcomer's enthusiasm. A pair of sixes for you, deuce and ten for me. Jack for you, Trey for me. Doggone, you've still got me beat with them sixes. The fourth card for you is... Doggone the muddy luck, another six. Yeah, three sixes. Now, wait, wait, I'm not through yet. The fourth card for me? Oh, <laughs> look at that, a tenner. Well, three sixes will be two tens any day of the week. The fifth card for you is ace, your own name. But it won't help your hand. Now, if I can just draw one more ten... There she is. I did it. Oh, there it is. Three tens. That's better than three sixes. Yes, sirree. All right, McGee. Won yourself some leather goods. Uh, just a minute, Ace. You can't stop when your luck is going bad. The thing to do is to keep on until you start to win. Uh, let's have another hand. It's your deal this time. Maybe you'll do better. All right, McGee. What do you want to bet? Well, I've got the traces I just won from you, in addition to my horses. Multiple McGee, they call me. I'll put the works against whatever you want to name. But let's sit down and play a right. Right? Sure, a gentleman's game. Showdown's all right for some gents, but me, I like good old-fashioned draw poker. Once started, the poker game went on and on throughout the afternoon and early evening. Terrell's houseman brought supper, then lighted the lamps as darkness gathered and the game continued. Meanwhile, the mayor of a nearby town looked up from a book as his secretary entered his study. Yes? Uh, sorry to disturb you, Mayor Nelson, but the Indian who brought this envelope said it was an urgent message. 
An Indian? Yes, sir. There's something heavy in the envelope. Well, let me see. Well, it's about the size and shape of a cartridge. Why, it is a cartridge. Great Scott. Well, look at this. It's made of silver. Uh, there's a message. Yes. A silver bullet may identify me. I wish to see you privately as soon as possible. I'll be watching for you to dim the light in your study as a signal for me to come in. Your Honor, that sounds, uh, well, ominous. Oh. <laughs> ominous nothing. I know who sent the silver bullet. Who? Steve, do you remember my early days with the Union Pacific? Yes, sir. You mean when you were a brakeman on Fireball Murphy's train? No, I mean before that. I mean the days when I helped lay tracks through this country. The days when Slim Northcott's gang was running rampant. When good old Gallagher was killed. Yes, sir. Do you remember me telling you about a masked man who helped us round up the Northcott gang? The masked man? You said he was identified by silver bullets. <laughs> the Lone Ranger. <laughs> Dim the lamp, Steve. Turn it low and then leave me here alone. The Lone Ranger wants to see me. Two men stood in the darkness beside their horses, watching the lighted windows of Mayor Nelson's study. One was an Indian, the other a tall masked man. Steady there, Silver. Quiet, boy. Light, still plenty bright. Uh, who took the envelope? Well, me not know. Him, servant. I suppose he'll deliver it to the mayor without any delay. I hope so. You think, friend, remember you? I don't know, Tonto. Been a long time since he worked on Union Pacific. A lot has happened since then. The little settlement founded at the end of track has grown into a very important community. Many people have come from the east and settled here. Ben Nelson must have met thousands of people since the days when we worked together. Oh, that's right. A silver bullet might mean nothing at all to him. And unless it does, I can't ask him for help. Otto, look. The light is dimmed. He remembers me. Save the horses until I return. With his study dimly lighted, Mayor Nelson moved to a door and stood waiting as a tall, masked figure emerged from the darkness. I've often thought about you and wondered if our trails would ever cross. I've heard good reports about you, Mayor Nelson. Please. Oh, you used to call me Ben. I haven't changed my name. For you, it's just plain Ben Nelson. Thanks, Ben. Now... How can I help you? What can I do for you? What do you want? Name it. I'm looking for a man. A schemer, a confidence man. The last I heard of him, he was heading this way. What's his name? I, I don't know. Well, this is a dangerous place for confidence men, especially if they try to put anything over on Doc Hunt. Doc Hunt? Yes, Lester Hunt. We call him Doc. He's a dentist. And he's also the governor of the state. Oh, you mean Governor Hunt. <laughs> I'd hate to be in the boots of any confidence man who tried to put anything over on him. You see, Doc Hunt makes a specialty of going after antelope. When he does, he takes just one cartridge. Oh? That's all he needs, just one. I've never yet seen a confidence man that could outrun an antelope. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I'd like to find this fellow. He's not vicious. He's not really bad. He's just... Well, he tries to outsmart other men. If he could be taught a few things, he might straighten up and be all right. And you think he's heading here? Todd and I were following his trail for a good many miles. When we lost it two days ago, he was heading this way. What's his specialty? Fraudulent gold mine stock. Well, men around here aren't particularly interested in gold mines. 
Their interests lie in ranching and railroading. I see. But nevertheless, we'll be on the lookout. I'll tell Norman Tuck about this gold mine promoter. Norman Tuck? Yes, he's our sheriff and a good man. Straight as a string and as tough as they come. Now, uh, if we find this promoter... I'll be in touch with you, Ben. I'd like to have a talk with him. Excuse me, I'll see what Steve wants. I'll leave. I'll go out this door. Oh, but wait, can't you stay? We have so much to talk about. We'll meet again. Hasta la vista, Ben. Mayor Nelson. Yes, yes, just a moment. Your Honor. Oh, what is it, Steve? Now, some of your friends are at the front door. They want to see you. They say it's very urgent. Who? Well, Ace Terrell is here, and a friend of his named McGee, and... Uh... Ace? Well, what's he doing back in town? I thought he'd lie low for the next few days after the weekend. The banker's he... with him. Rudy Hoffman? Yes, Your Honor. Then <laughs> Sheriff Norman Tuck. <laughs> Hi there, Mr. Mayor. Hello, hello, hello. Hope you don't mind us calling so late at night. Well, not You'll not regret seeing us, Mayor Nelson, not for a moment. I tell you, I was inclined to be somewhat resentful when Terrell and his friend called on me half an hour ago, but I think... Rudy Hoffman I... thinks Mr. McGee has a proposition that's downright worthwhile. Is that so, Rudy? Hey, yes, indeed, yes, indeed. Well, if anyone can spot a worthwhile proposition, you're the one to do it. Uh, shake hands with my friend Jack McGee, Mayor. McGee, this is his honor, Mayor Benjamin G. Nelson. How do you do, McGee? Howdy, Your Honor. This is sure a big thing for me. Meeting you is as unexpected as the fifth ace in a poker deck. (laughs) Ah, say, this is a downright slick place you got here. Pretty as a royal flush. McGee has got a big idea. I'm always a little suspicious of big ideas. So was I, so was I, until I heard the details. Norm Tuck thinks it's a good proposition, too. Is that so, Sheriff? Yep, looks good to me. Well, sit down, gentlemen. And let me hear about it. Thank you, Mayor. It's a civic undertaking, sir. Yes, indeed, a civic undertaking. A thing that should be done for the cultural welfare of your fair city. You know, I've recently been warned about a confidence man who's working this way. McGee, are you interested in gold mines? Gold mines? No, siree, not in your life. Have you ever dealt in gold mining stock? (laughs) Once a man gets into buying gold mining stock, his cash will go faster than half a pint of liquor in a five-handed poker game. My interest, sir, is the theater. The theater? Oh, McGee's all right. I can tell you that. I've been playing cards with him, watching close to see if he was on the level. Oh, what about the theater? McGee owns one of the finest theatrical troops in the country. Here's a handmill. Headed by Lily Langtry, the Jersey Lily. You can't beat that. Ah. My plan, Your Honor, is to form a corporation and bring these thespians right here. I, I've sent word for some of the other boys to meet with us. You, we've got to work fast on this. The others are to assemble over in the Plains Hotel. We'd like to have you join us. When? We're right now. And unless I'm mistaken, we'll soon have a theater right here in town. The curtain falls on the first act of our Lone Ranger story. Before the next exciting scenes, please permit us to pause for just a few moments.
to continue our story. Though the hour was late, the influential citizens who met in the Plains Hotel were wide awake and interested as Ace Terrell introduced McGee. And these gents are Mr. Hainsworth. How do you do? Oz Kerfer. Howdy. He's our leading newspaper man. Dr. Harris. How do you do, sir? Mr. Bernstein. I'm glad to know him. <laughs> he runs the outfitting store. <laughs> and uh, here's uh, Tracy McCracken. And uh, over there, that's Bill Grove. Glad to know you, gents. Now, McGee... Suppose you tell us just exactly what your proposition is. Yes, sir. I'll put it right on the line. And it's no penny-ante proposition. Gents, at the present time, the world's most talented theatrical troupe, headed by Miss Lily Langtree, is entertaining the citizens of Omaha. I own that company. McGee can bring his troop of actors here if we can guarantee expenses. And share the profits, Ace. Don't forget that. Yes, sir. Share the profits. Something was said about setting up a corporation. That's it, banker. That's it exactly. I have some stock certificates right here all drawn up. If you gents see fit to buy enough stock in the enterprise, I'll bring my troop right here. The organization meeting lasted far into the night. And the enthusiasm of the leading townsmen grew and grew as plans developed into one of the biggest things that had ever been attempted in the new community. Morning found the town humming with activity. Rudy Hoffman's bank had never been so busy. Word swept through the streets like wildfire, and people rushed to exchange their cash for shares in the exciting theatrical enterprise. The Lone Ranger and Tonto had started out at daybreak and for hours had been riding in wide sweeps looking for the horse and wagon tracks they had lost several days previously. It would help a lot if we had a description of the man. As it is, we don't even know his name. Last time him used name Smith. Just an assumed name, Tonto. But if what we've heard about him is true, he has a lot of good qualities. He could be made a good citizen. I wonder if... Tonto, rein up horses. Oh, horse gun. Hold on, Hold on. Oh. Wagon tracks. Tonto, they go toward town. Ah. Hoofs look like ones we see before. Here. Look at this one. There's the same broken shoe. Ah, that's right. That man reached town last night. He's had plenty of time to get into trouble. Town two hours with fast horse. You better get there as quickly as possible. Monsieur! Get him up, scout! The masked man was right. There had been ample time for Jack McGee to get into trouble, and McGee had made the most of it. The sale of stock had ended. For over an hour, Rudy Hoffman had been alone in the bank. Then the sheriff entered with a dark look on his face and a group of people at his heels. Now, you folks be quiet while I speak to the bank. Don't act till we see what he has to say. Oh, hello, Norm. What's the trouble? You look grim. Hoffman, how'd that sale of stock go? First rate. Where's the cash? What? Well, some of it's banked. Some? What about the rest? McGee has it. How'd McGee get the cash? Well, I turned it over to him for expenses. He had to send it to Omaha. Rudy, I sent some messages to Omaha this morning. Sent them by the telegraph. The answer just came back. Here they are. Those acting people work for a man who's in Omaha right now. They never heard of Jack McGee. They got no intentions of coming here. What's more, none of the other people McGee mentioned ever heard of him. He's a swindler. But he showed us handbills. He swiped him. And Ace Terrell recommended him. I talked to Ace. He never saw the critter before yesterday. Hey, hey. What's going on there? Somebody's running across the street. He's got away. Come on, boys, all of you. 
Get after McGee. Right. You hear that? McGee got away. Come on, Sheriff. I just heard about it. McGee cleared out his buckboard. Well, get a posse. Get horses. We'll go after him. McGee whipped his horses along the back trail, but they were tiring fast. Come on, you critters. Hearing about that telegram gives me a chance to get away. Get going, you penny ante hay burners. When he looked back, he saw half a hundred men on strong horses. The pursuers were in sight. Found me out already. They'll get me for sure. Oh, my. Get up there. Come on, get up there. Guns began to crack a warning to rein up. Capture was a matter of minutes. Then there came a ringing cry. Despite his fear, McGee stared in amazement at the speed of a snow-white horse that approached from the east. The rider came close and rode to the side of the buckboard. He wore a mask. Rain up! Rain up, man! Get up! Get up! Come on! The masked man's shouts could not be heard above the thundering hoops and rattling buckboard, but the gun he drew spoke volumes. Ho, ho there! Ho, 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 ho! Step down from the wagon. Don't shoot, mister. I'm getting down. I know when I'm done for. Give me your hand and I'll lift you behind my saddle. All right, we get away from these men. You mean it? Come on, you'll find out what I mean. Come on, Hilda! Though carrying double, Silver quickly pulled away from the pursuers, leaving them to return to town angry and frustrated. Tonto joined the masked man and McGee and accompanied the two to a well-chosen campsite. You say your name is Jack McGee. You used the name of Smith when you peddled gold shares in Osage. McGee's my real name, mister. Jack McGee. Honest. Were you selling gold shares in town? No, I... Well, it was a theatrical enterprise. Oh? But I guess I'm a man who always gets the joker. Did you get away with any cash? I hear it is, mister. I expected that was why you rescued me from the townsman. Well, at least I'm alive. So far. You needn't be afraid of me, as long as you tell the truth. But if you lie, I'll return you to town. McGee, in spite of your stock sales in Osage, you left town without a dime. Before that, you worked in Red Pine. I had a couple of thousand dollars in Red Pine, but left town broke. Yes, you gave that money to an old widow. In Osage, you took money from some men who had defrauded several ranchers. You gave the money back to the ranchers. That was a secret. How'd you know it? Don't worry. It's still a secret. Who are you, anyhow? Why do you wear that mask? You don't talk like a crook. McGee, I've hunted you for a long time. You're a smart promoter. Has it ever occurred to you that you could earn an honest living and a good one? I've thought of it, but it's too late now. I'm wanted in too many places. Well, Sit still. But you've got the cash. That's all you want, isn't it? You're not going to keep me here any longer, are you? I want to hear all about your venture. Now, sit down and start talking. Well, I found a bundle of handbills that had fallen off a stagecoach. Yes? They told about a theater company headed by Lily Langtree. That gave me an idea. The next morning found manhunters spreading out, determined to find McGee or the masked man who had rescued him. That evening, when those men returned with nothing but failure to report, Mayor Ben Nelson smiled knowingly. 
He turned to his secretary. I never realized at the time, Steve, but McGee was the fellow about whom the Lone Ranger spoke. Then you think it was the Lone Ranger who rescued him? Of course it was. But, Mr. Mayor, the fact remains, McGee made off with a lot of money. No, I'm not worried. We haven't heard the last of McGee or the Lone Ranger. And masked man moves in strange ways. What do you mean, sir? Steve, please take a letter to His Excellency, Governor Hunt. Yes, sir. This will be a very informal and irregular letter, so address him as Dear Doc. I'm enclosing a silver bullet to identify one who wishes to see you. When he left this with me last Uh, night... Pardon, sir. It was the night before last. This bullet was left last night, Steve. You mean that masked man was here again? (laughs) Let's get on with the letter. I'm enclosing a silver bullet to identify a friend of mine. After a week of futile search, most of the townsmen gave up hope of finding Jack McGee and their money. The sheriff persisted and directed the manhunt for another week. Then he, too, decided it was no use. It was always an event when the Union Pacific from Omaha pulled into the station. People gathered to see who, if anyone, might be aboard the big iron horse. But they were wholly unaware of the supplies that was in store when the train stopped about two weeks after McGee's disappearance. Norman Tuck stood next to Ace Terrell and Rudy Hoffman. There she is, right on time. Looks like someone's getting off. Afternoon, gentlemen. Mayor Nelson. You're on hand today, huh? Yes, it's a rather... Hey, look. Look who's getting off. McGee. It's Jack McGee. There he is. That's McGee. There's the coin. Wait a minute, boys. Don't lynch me for a couple of minutes. Look who's with them, boys. The governor. Gentlemen, gentlemen. You'll indulge us for a moment. Quiet down, all of you. His Excellency, the governor's on that train. This is a special day, my friends. A day to make history. I boarded this train a few miles east of the city so I might meet our esteemed friend. Now, hold on, Governor. That critter beside you is a crook. He stole our money. No, no such thing. I am advised that Mr. McGee agreed to deliver a theatrical troupe from Omaha. Uh, fat chance. Fat chance, huh? Well, that's all you know about it, Ace Terrell. Wait till you see who's aboard this here train. Come on, folks, unload. Here's the actors, I promise you. Every last one of them direct from Omaha. Reckon you all know who this is. She's to be the star of our show. The Jersey Lily, Miss Lily Langtree in person. And to put everything over in big style, look what else we got. A band from Omaha. Let it go, Professor. You see here, Ben Nelson, you knew all about this. That's why you've been grinning up your sleeve for the past (laughs) fortnight. I admit it, Ace. You see, the Lone Ranger called on the governor. Between him and the influence of the Union Pacific and Omaha, we have a theater, and Jack McGee's become an honest man. Yeah, but what about that masked man that rescued McGee? Look over there, Ace, at the fringe of the crowd. Take a good look at him. Stride that white horse. He's the Lone Ranger.
This is a copyrighted feature originated by George W. Trendle and directed by Charles D. Livingston. The part of the Lone Ranger is played by Brace Beamer. This story was written by Fran Stryker. <laughs>